John chapter 11, we're going to skip around a little bit. If you'll just follow with me, I'm going to start at verse 1, and I'm going to read through verse 4. My contacts are not my friend today. I believe they're a little dirty or something, so y'all bear with me. But I'm going to start off by reading 11 or 4, and then we're going to drop down. Y'all just follow me. So starting with verse 1. Now, a certain man was sick and named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and his Mary and her sister Martha. Martha, It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Drop down to 11. So it says, these things said he, and after that he said unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he um, is asleep, he shall do well. How be it? Jesus spake of his death by, but they, I'm sorry, y'all, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Let's go to 23. Jesus said unto her, that her being Martha, who has, um, as Jesus is entering in, she's now run to him. Um, Jesus, if you were here, uh, my brother would not have died. And this is Jesus' response to her. He said, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus responded to her by saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he was dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die, believest thou this. And she responded by saying yes. Let's go over to 38. It says, Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, um, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. 42, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but I, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. 44 says, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto, him, unto them, loose him and let him go. We know the word of the Lord is blessed. Those that seek to know him through his word are blessed as well. We did a demonstration on last week. Thank you, uh, Brother Estic, for helping me on last week with our demonstration of someone who's bound but operating. And um, we talked about how God would place you in the right environment for people to help you um, walk in freedom 
But there is another part to that as well. As much as God will place people along your path to help you walk in freedom, there is also a responsibility that you have to walk in freedom. Uh, when we come to the altar and we have experiences with God and uh, we ask him to deliver us, to make us whole, to heal us, all of those things, there is a part we play in staying in that place. There are testimonies, of course, where people say that they've come and God has taken uh, the desire, the urge to uh, do the thing they once did. He has completely taken it from them. But they also, even in that, have a responsibility to um, keep themselves from the thing that once held them bound. Y'all understand what I'm saying? We, we still, there are certain environments perhaps that they can't go into or it'll trigger uh, that thing that they were once bound by. There are certain conversations perhaps perhaps that they can't take place in, certain friends perhaps that they can't hang around anymore because it would pull them back to the place they were once delivered from. Come on, you know God, you used to, for, for example, be a gossiper. You knew the latest business and would tell the latest business and all all of that stuff. You stayed thirsty for the next uh, big thing of juice. You wanted to know what was going on and who was doing it and who was a part of it. But then as you, as your relationship with God began to grow, your appetite changed. And whereas before you would gossip or talk about things and it wouldn't even affect you, but now you find yourself feeling convicted when you walk away from certain conversations. Well, if you know that gossiping, uh, uh, gossiping grace, uh, gossiping grace, if you know that gossiping grace is still a gossiper, then I'm not going to hang with you as tight as I was because that's something that I'm trying to walk in freedom from. Because regardless to where you are, gossiping grace still is gossiping grace. Amen? And no matter how much you try in your responding differently to her or responding differently to gossiping Greg, because me and gossip too, me and be thirsty too, Y'all know the latest juice too. Come on. As much as, you, as much as you have changed, they have remained the same. So you have to do what's necessary to walk in freedom. There's a responsibility we carry as well. And that's what we're going to talk about today, the part that we play in this. I know that there are people in this room who have battled things for some time, and you're sick and tired of it. You're tired of facing the same thing. You're tired of going through the same thing. And there are those of you who are in the room today who really want to be free who really want to be different who really want to think differently God even if you don't change my situation change me in the midst of my situation even if I have to endure this if it's for my good if it's working for me help me to change my perspective help me to change my mindset that I might go through this thing the right way because I don't want to stay longer than I have to I don't want it to be harder than it has to be so help me to see this thing the way that you do there are those of you who are in this room who are tired of making God promises that you're going back on. And the truth of the matter is, it, it's not that you don't want to be free. It's not that you don't want to live for God. But the thing that has you, it has you. Y'all understand? Glory. Put your hands together for the Lord. So in our uh, text today, we're going to talk about how to walk in freedom. Because believe it or not, more than you want to be free, God wants you to be free. So, y'all, this is the eighth month, the month of August. This is the eighth month, and we all know by now those of us who uh, have been in church for some time, you know the number eight symbolizes what? Uh, yeah, you sure? 
the number y'all the number eight symbolizes say it confidently there you go y'all a new new beginnings <laughs> all right it symbolizes new beginnings and there is a newness that has hit this house that has hit the body of Christ and I have accepted the fact it was a hard fact to accept but I have accepted the fact that not all will identify with this newness that has come some will attack it because they don't feel it others will outright reject it but it's true nonetheless and some of you can sense it on the inside of you you know this to be true because something different is happening on the inside of you the way you're thinking your desires there's a, a hunger or an urge that's stirring on the inside of you for the more and some Sometimes, for some of us, we can't even put words to it. We just know that there's something that's causing an unrest in our spirits. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? That change has already begun in you. And your spiritual senses tell you that something is taking place, just like we can sense the rain. You know, when you're outside and you can kind of tell, even if it's not cloudy, you can smell rain in the atmosphere. You know that rain is on the way. For those of us who sense this change on the inside of us, this newness on the inside of us, you sense it like we do the rain that is upon us. It first began, hallelujah, like I said, on the inside of you. There were signs of change on the inside of you. You look at things differently around you. And in the midst of these changes, there are many things that have the potential to snatch our attention from the things of God. And I have found for myself, if I'm honest, that it's real easy to be distracted by things that affect the heart. There are corrupt and awful things that are happening in the earth and even in our own lives. It's easy to be distracted if you aren't intentional on, in staying focused on God. You turn on the news and there's yet another mass shooting or children snatched from their mothers and their fathers and they're crying on the news. If you have even a little bit of heart and compassion on the inside of you, this bothers you. And I don't know about you, but I've been asking God, God, what can I do? Is there, God, let me go and get about three of these children. I asked my husband, can I go get some of the children and bring them to the house? I don't know. But can I go get some of the babies if they don't have anywhere to go? Can we open our doors and bring them in? I don't know how that works. But anyway, if your heart, if you have a little compassion, you're wondering, God, what can I do with these things that we see on the news other than complaining about it or talking to your friend about it, other than being sad about it, other than praying about it? God, is there something in addition that you would like me to do? If we're not careful, we'll be distracted by the things that we see, the things that we hear. You get a phone call and there's another diagnosis of cancer. You get a phone call there's another uh, diagnosis of some type of disease or some type of bad news there are things that come your way that weigh on your heart you wake up and your friend that you had yesterday you don't have today the friend that you thought would be with you until the very end the next day you're no longer friends there are things that hit us that sometimes are not caused by the enemy there are some things that we endure and we go through just because it's life you think it's the devil that you got to pay that bill? That's just life. The enemy attacking me, the bill collector. No, that's life. And you need to pay your bills. That's just life. So we give the enemy a lot of credit for some things. That's just life. But God, guys, when you're coupled with.
things uh, uh, in your life that hit you and when you're coupled with things that are taking place in the world and then when you couple that with things that are for real in attack from the enemy, it's easy to be distracted. Yeah. Believers, we must maintain our focus because it's time for us to move forward. And if you're looking the wrong way, you will miss the beauty of the journey. Uh, if you're looking the wrong way, you will miss opportunities to see God working for you and moving for you. And God, even in the midst of the children crying on the news and even in the midst of the mass shootings that we see on the news, God is still God and God is still being God. He is still the same powerful faithful God he was before it happened he is still God even in the midst of it and can I serve you notice today whatever you're facing whatever you're going through however you feel God is still God even in the midst when it seems like it's not going to change like things won't light up there's one thing after another thing and another thing after that thing every time you turn around it seems there's something and just when you think you caught your foot something else hits you that causes you to stumble but I've come to serve you notice today that even in the midst of that God is still God can you praise him for just being God Whew. there are some experiences that have weighed us down and we can no longer hear or feel God well God we try to communicate with him and it seems we're doing more talking than he is when we sit in the stillness of his presence and wait for an answer wait for insight or some type of instructions it seems he has nothing to say but I want you to know that even in the midst of his silence he's speaking even in the midst of him being quiet he's speaking why because he's God Whew. some of you in this room have lost so much you've endured so much you've been hurt so badly and you've cried so long and been through so much that you don't even know how to begin to hope again Whew. but I've come as a bold vessel of our great father to inform you that the one in whom our hope is built. Oh God, he desires to give you your hope again. He desires to get your focus again. He wants your attention again because the thing you're focused on that the enemy has sent is a lie. Everything that God has spoken concerning you is the truth. We just need to shift our focus. For some of you in the room, you're so used to being bound and you're so used to losing and carrying weight you don't even realize God has freed you you no longer even the thing that once had you bound and bent over God freed you from it the last time you asked him but you don't even realize it because you're used to being weighted down you're no longer bound by the residue you're no longer bound by the heaviness, but the residue of where you were is still on your life. And you're still acting as someone who's enslaved by what they've been freed from. Lord, have mercy. But God's about to change your mind. He's about to change your view of things. And you're about to see the beauty of the journey. You still have life to live. You still have battles to win and victories to walk in. And so you might ask the question. I know I hear you. You ask the question, how do I walk in this freedom? Y'all ask some good questions. Thank y'all so much. Y'all just, you ask so many 
a good question. So the first thing we see in our text about Lazarus is Lazarus got sick. And before a word was sent to Jesus that Lazarus was sick, uh, a word was sent to Jesus, excuse me, that Lazarus was sick. And this reminded me of something my brother, my middle brother, Corey, who was the first preacher among us. He was the first one to answer the call to preach the word of God um, at the age of 15. And this, um, when I thought about Lazarus being sick and how God, of course, does not want us to have a physical sickness, but we do have to get sick in a sense. And this reminded me of the sermon my brother preached, and he said he was sick of himself. He had gotten sick of himself. He, and for some of us, we've got to get sick of ourselves. We've got to get sick of our ways, sick of being on fire for God today and wishy-washy the next day. We've got to get sick of the same disappointments and sick of rounding the same tree and sick of being stagnant and not moving and everyone else is progressing except for you. Sick of making promises and then breaking them. Sick of being up today and down tomorrow. you got to get Sick of giving in to him and, and giving in to her when you know the right thing that God has spoken. You got to get sick of being treat, mistreated the way that you are. It is only when you get sick and tired of it that you'll do what's necessary to change it. And you got to get sick of your way of thinking and sick of your way of doing it. And you've got to lean on the way God has instructed you to. But no change can come until you get sick of it. Whew. No change comes until you get tired of being where you are. I know an individual who is in an abusive relationship, and many of those that love this individual would urge them to leave. You need to leave. You don't deserve this. You need to go. You shouldn't be a part of this. And it seemed as though those that loved her loved them, excuse me, and continued to talk to them, it seemed to go in one ear and out the other. And then one day, one day, that person really did leave. And so we were sitting around a table, and, and, and we asked the question, what was it that finally caused you? Because there was nothing new that happened. The thing that caused you to leave had happened before, and there were things worse than that that had happened. What made this time different than the other times? And I'll never forget their response. Their response was, I got sick of them and I got sick of the way I was, the way I was responding to it. I got sick of being weak. I got sick of being treated that way. And I got sick of being weak. When you get sick and tired of where you are, sick and tired of failing, sick and tired of coming up short, you will do what it takes to change your situation. You can hear the word preached a thousand times, and you can pray and come to the altar a thousand more. But until you get sick and tired of where you are, until you get sick and tired of you, until you get sick and tired of it, you will accept the same behavior and follow the same patterns. When you're sick of it, you're open for deliverance and freedom. There are some people in the room today that are sick of it. You're sick of them, you're sick of it, and you're sick of you. Can we be honest? So secondly, we must die. We must be willing to die. So Jesus sends word that sickness was not unto death. And you know the story, Lazarus does indeed die. Now, God isn't asking us to die. He don't die. Die so I can bring you back. I raise you up like I raised Lazarus. Die. 
But there is a death that must take place. Children, can I have a towel, please? There is a death that must take place. We've got to die to self. Thank you. There is a death that is required. We got to die to our ways and die to our flesh. And this is important because self gets in the way. And listen to this. Life, a life surrendered is a life God can get the glory from. Hashtag that. A life surrendered is a life God can get the glory from. You must seek the will of God and place his will before your own. I want you to realize something here. I love the fact that when Jesus first told the disciples that uh, Lazarus was asleep, the disciples said, well, he's good. He's just going to get some good rest then. He's he good. If he's asleep, just let him go and sleep. Why we got to go back? You know, they were trying to kill you over there anyway. Why we got to go back over there? If he just sleep, he going to be well rested. We ain't got to go to wake the brother up. Got to walk way over there just to wake him up. They didn't comprehend what Jesus was speaking. They didn't comprehend that indeed he would die, but Jesus would then do something that brought God glory. And for some of you today, some people have counted you out and said you're good. They don't see the need, hallelujah, for Jesus in your life. They don't see the need that you have uh, for God to still show up in your life. They say he's good, she's good. They're so concerned about where they are and their own things that they don't see the, your very need of Jesus. Instead, they see the sin that, you in, that you're in. They see the thing that you're doing. They see what you did to cause it and why you're where you are instead of your need for a risen Savior who, want, who wants to save you, who wants to call you forth yeah. hallelujah and there are some of you today who what's what God has placed on the inside of you you've thought it to be dead you thought there's no way it can live again there's no way God can use me again I've messed up too much I've gone too far that's too big for me I don't know enough for that I haven't been saved long enough to do that so the thing on the inside of you has been laying dormant but I'm so glad that we have a God that our father sees beyond where we are our father sees the need to sometimes stir things up on the inside of us and in spite where we are despite what our posture is because Lazarus was indeed dead and despite the fact that he was dead God still saw that that was used to him and despite where you are the mistakes that you've made the things that you've sat on the times that you've disobeyed God the times that you've messed up in spite of all that God still sees what he's placed on the inside of you and more than condemn you and toss you aside he wants to call you forth which brings me to my next point you've got to answer the call I'm so glad that unlike people, God does not see. He sees beyond where we are. He doesn't stop at what he sees us active in at the time. So Jesus called Lazarus forth from his dead place. Woo! And he's calling some of you forth from your dead place, from your place of sitting, your place woo, of waiting, your place that has begun to stink and you don't even realize it because you're in it. You know the Febreze commercial when the mother think it's Febreze, when the mother walks in the room and there are big socks, you know oversized socks and stuff but the kid is in the room playing the game as if they can't. You've been in your own, your own stench for so long that you don't even realize it. Others can smell Others can smell it. Woo. 
But because you've been in it for so long, you don't even smell it. Woo, but God's about to call you from your stinking place. Woo, from your stinking place. He loves you enough that he'll come into the stench of where you are and call you for it. He loves you enough that he'll come into your dead place, the dead place that you found yourself and still call you forth. Why? Because he knows what he's put on you is greater than where you are. So he saw beyond where Lazarus was currently. And he sees beyond where you are. He saw, he sees beyond where I am. He saw beyond where I was. And some of you need to hear that because you've counted yourself out. You've got to answer the call. And the first call is to salvation. You've got to be honest about it, y'all. You've got to be honest about it. If you aren't saved, if you haven't surrendered your life to God, this stuff, let me, can I tear down this lie? This stuff of let me get myself together and then I'm going to do it. You can't get yourself together. You don't, you don't have that much power. Let me get myself right and then I'm coming. Y'all ever heard, had somebody tell you that? I'm coming. Uh, just give me time. I'm coming. You don't know how much time you have. So the first call is the call to salvation. And the second call is the call to relationship. It's not enough to just know about him, to read about him, to hear him preached and to hear songs about him and to hear testimonies about him. You got to know him. You got to have relationship with him, believers. And there are some of us who did the first part. You surrendered your life to him, but you haven't surrendered to relationship. And you're wondering why, that, why there seems to be a disconnect. You can't have one foot on one side of the fence and another foot on the other side. You've got to completely give in to relationship to him. That does not mean that you won't live a life uh, where you make mistakes. And that's why we have grace and that's why we have mercy. Guess what? The preacher needs grace and mercy. <laughs> Lord, I'm standing here now because of grace and mercy. I got to fall on my face just like you. So a life surrender does not mean that it's a life without mistake, a life without sin, a life without wrong choices that you got to go and ask God to forgive you for. But what it does mean is that I have the right to approach him and ask for forgiveness. I have a right to expect that grace and that mercy when I turn to him with a repentant heart. When I turn to him with a sorrowful heart, I can expect, I can freely receive this grace and this mercy that he gives us. Amen? So you got to answer the call to salvation and answer the call to relationship. And God is calling you forth. He's calling your name. That's that stirring that you feel. That's that unrest that you feel. That's that when, now you're being convicted. That's God calling you forth. you got to answer the call. And sometimes, guys, we can be afraid to answer the call because we feel we got to walk it alone. But I've come with some great news. We don't have to do this thing by ourselves. I love that Jesus instructed those around Lazarus to take off his garments. <sighs> he called him forth. He said, Lazarus, come forth from his dead place, from your stinking place. Robert, come forth. Malcolm, come forth. He's calling your name to come forth. But it doesn't end there. Huh. 
He doesn't end there because he sees, as we said on last week, he sees our condition and that we're bound hand and foot. And some of us can't see because of the covering. He had a covering on his face that uh, uh, that inhabited him, inhibited him from being able to see. But I'm so glad that God will place people around you that won't just point and say, aha. Look, can't see, stumbling all over the place, falling all over, can't walk right, pigeon toe, bow leg, look at them, can't walk, hands bound, when they lift their hands, it look funny. He didn't surround him with people who pointed and laughed, but he surrounded him, glory to God, with people that saw that he was bound and was willing to help. Why? Because Jesus said, unwrap him, but don't just unwrap him, let him go. Unwrap him and let him go. Let him walk in freedom. One thing that says to me is you can't help me and then brag about helping me. Yeah. Don't That girl was towed up front. Ooh, that girl was towed from the floor up. You know that thing had her, but God called me. He told me to go unwrap her and let her go. And I went over there and unwrapped her. Now look at her. Because I did that. God called me to it. I said, yes, Lord, I unwrapped that girl. Look at her. You can't take his glory. When we help people, people are afraid to receive help because you run your mouth too much. It's too many talkers. You need to get anointed and shut it up. It's too much talking in the church. Can y'all tell I feel that? Too much talking. You think we don't hear about it. You think we don't know about it with your gossiping tongue. We know. Too much talking. If you're going to help somebody, help them and shut up. Because can I tell you something? And this is Bible. When you put your mouth on it, that's your reward. When you go around bragging and boasting about how you helped another, that's what you get. Because God then withdraws his hand from it. And that's your reward. That's Bible. Help people be the sister that God has called you to be. Be the brother that God has called you to be. Allow people to walk in freedom and flourish. Because guess what? Next time somebody going to come and unwrap you and let you go. And you don't want to reap. A lot of you are wondering why you're being treated the way you are. Why your relationships are falling apart the way they are. Go back in your head and how did you treat that relationship that God called you to? How did you handle or mishandle the thing God called you to? We believe in the rewarding part, Elder Sylvia, but we go to sleep on that reaping part. You reap what you sow. And we shout when we sow money. We shout when we sow serving and helping. But we don't think about that reaping when you put your mouth on the wrong person. When you've been a part of conversations that you shouldn't have been a part of, and it's in the room. Conversations, when you've torn down your sister and your brother, there's a reaping that comes with that. And pastor said, I believe on last week or Wednesday, we got control of the sowing, whether or not we sow, how we sow. 
but we don't have control of the reaping. You can't say, I'm a gone and I'm going to take one for the team. I'm a gone and I'm going to do this. Cause, but God, this is how I want to reap. I want you to let three traffic lights catch me on the way to work. That's how I want to reap. Just want to reap like that. We, you, we don't control the reaping. So then we fall out and we say we're being attacked and people are turning against us and all this stuff. But you, you sold that. You sold not being supportive. You sold being a backbiter. You sold that. So when you reap it, why are you? Oh, my God. I can't. They said what? Oh, my God. But what you say? In your private conversation, what did you say? And guess what? When you said it, it came from the heart, too. You meant that thing. You know when you're talking to somebody and they mean I can't stand them. And they mean you, but oh, you meant that. You meant it when you said it. So I want you to have that same attitude when you reap it. Don't fall out in the floor kicking like a toddler. Just say, yes, Lord, I repent. Amen? So, guys, we got to get sick of where we are. Won't real change in your life. You got to get tired of where you are. And you can't get tired of it until you first acknowledge it. You got to acknowledge your place of sin, your place of being bound. And you got to get tired of that. You got to want different. Don't follow the pattern of those that know how to put on the show. When to lift your hands. When to say amen. Don't fall into that trap. Acknowledge your stuff. And then just get sick and tired of you. And want different for your life. Amen. Then you got to die to self. Because, guys, there's no good thing in this flesh. And our flesh will forever desire the things that God, tried, God wants to pull us from. Your flesh desires to have the conversation. Your flesh desires to answer the text. I'm in the house. People still say Netflix and chill. Ain't nobody watching no Netflix. And you ain't chilling. Your flesh desires that. Hey, big head. Hey. You up? Yeah. <laughs> W-Y-D. Nothing. I mean, I, apparently. Let me walk over here. Your flesh desires that. You've, your flesh has been waiting on that. And when that phone lights up, there's something that, am I real? Get excited. Girl, he ticks. Bro, she hit me back, man. She hit me back. Your flesh wants that. God using me. God you. Our flesh. And you know you have a responsibility when you hear truth. All right. That responsibility shift. Our flesh desires that. Our flesh wants that. 
But our spirit man, when we surrender our lives to God, our spirit man, it doesn't mean that th those things won't still come and you won't be tempted to respond. But you now have his spirit working on the inside of you that gives you the strength to turn that phone over, to block that number, <laughs> to not respond. Because in our own strength, we'll fail. So you got to surrender to self. I mean, you got to uh, die to self. Don't surrender to self, please. You got to die to self, your way of doing things, your way of thinking about things. And lastly, you got to answer the call. And when you do that, God is so beautiful and so mindful of us that he'll give us the right voices in our ear, the right hands in our back to help us walk in freedom. Who will hold us accountable. Stop getting mad at people who are holding you accountable. Get out of my business. No, I'm trying to help you. He'll give us the right voices in our ear and the right hands in our back when we answer the call. And he's calling you to come forth from where you are. Come forth from the place that has held you bound. And you can't get it together before you come. You got to come just like you are. With the struggles that you have, the mindset that you have. Because only he can change all of that. Any witnesses? Anybody been changed? The way I used to think, the way I used to walk, the things I used to desire. I don't desire them anymore. Get sick of yourself. Die to yourself. And answer the call. Amen. Can you put your hands together for the word of God?